Hello everyone, my name is Arpita Mishra and you are listening to Adult Learning Lounge where I discuss the challenges of an adult learner and offer potential solutions. When I was growing up in India, my mother would often use a saying which kind of translates to something like this in English. If you were not able to learn something in your childhood, you will never be able to learn it in your adulthood. An age-old belief that probably all of us have is that learning is hard as an adult and age matters. While this is not completely untrue, but today we have excellent data from research and information from scientific experiments. All we have to do is leverage this data to create tools and protocols for an adult learner to make the process of learning easier and more efficient. Gone are the times when professional learning stopped at a specific age. Today, all of us are required to learn continuously either at work or outside of work for professional development. For the first time in history, we don't really know what future jobs will look like. With the evolution of artificial intelligence, our next generation may have to get multiple degrees or unlearn and learn continuously. In this episode, let's look at adult learning through the lens of neuroscience. And in the end of the episode, I will share with you a science-backed list of tips and tricks which you can use for your personal learning or for your professional development. There is an amazing difference between our brain and other vital organs like lung, liver, heart, etc. Other organs like heart, liver, lung don't rewire themselves to be better, but our brain does. This ability of our brain to change and reorganize itself in response to a new experience is called neuroplasticity. We can leverage the principles of neuroplasticity to enhance teaching and learning for adults. Until the 90s, it was believed that an adult's brain is not able to learn or change much after the age of 25. But in late 90s, Mike Merzenich, an American neuroscientist, discovered two distinct periods of brain plasticity. His findings debunked the idea that brain plasticity completely ends at the age of 25. As children and young adults uh, who are between the age of 0 to 25, our brains are designed to change. In the early years of development, our neurons are often overconnected, a spaghetti mess of connection that can do and learn almost anything and everything. This all happens largely without conscious effort. Children can learn simply by experiencing. They don't necessarily need to apply focus. This is true of language. For instance, a young child can learn tens of thousands of words without giving it conscious thought or motor skills, walking, running, etc. This mechanism of learning without conscious effort is passive neuroplasticity. Passive neuroplasticity lasts till about the age of 25, but by the time we are 30, 
passive neuroplasticity completely stops. The neural pathway in the brain solidify and it becomes harder and harder to retain and redirect them. Learning activities that during childhood might have been passive requires focus and conscious effort for adults. Brain's capability to learn when there is conscious effort is called active neuroplasticity and active neuroplasticity enables us to learn even after the age of 25 for our entire lifespan. Just that it requires conscious effort. Active neuroplasticity is related to learning happening in two steps. In the first step, the nervous system is triggered and neural connections are made when one is learning something for the first time. For example, in a classroom or in a self-paced learning environment. Step two is when the actual neuroplasticity phenomena occurs, which happens in deep sleep or sleep-like resting state. Let's dig deeper into understanding active neuroplasticity. Imagine a room is full of adults, age ranging from 30 to 40 maybe. If you play a tone or a sound, the brain of adults will have no impact or response to the sound. They will listen to the sound passively, but their brain will not create any connection in the learning area. But if an adult is required to listen to that tone or sound in order to glean a reward of some sort or tasked with uh, distinguishing that tone from another tone that is similar but not exactly the same, then the brain reacts and neuroplasticity comes to play. This is why when adults pay attention to something, the brain will rewire in response. As an adult, learning of any kind needs to have focus, but there is a prerequisite to focus, which is alertness. If we are not alert, we cannot be focused. If we are not focused, we cannot learn. Without alertness and focus, we can't rewire our brain as an adult learner. Now, what is focus? There are many types of focus. There is visual focus, there is auditory focus, there is focus on touch, focusing internally, which is also meditation, etc. There is a cluster of neurons in the brain called nucleus bacillus. Let's just call it the focus cluster. This focus cluster releases a chemical called acetylcholine. Without this chemical, we cannot focus and open the gate to plasticity. If this area of brain gets damaged for any reason, we will not be able to focus. Focus and alertness make the registration of learning and information smooth. But the actual rewiring of neural connections occur during sleep and sleep-like states. There are now thousands of studies in quality journals from excellent groups around the world illustrating the importance of sleep and how neuroplasticity occurs in sleep. When we sleep, the same neuronal sequences are activated and do a replay of what we have studied or try to learn during the day. 
That's why when we sleep, the brain is rehearsing by repeating activities we have performed during the day. This phenomenon also occurs during deep rest. Deep rest is not a common practice known to everyone, but there are activities that put our bodies in deep rest or sleep-like state without actually sleeping for long hours. Some examples of deep rest are power naps, hypnosis, and meditation. Basically, if you can turn off your brain or, you know, turn the thinking process off and uh, have no external thinking or stimuli, to the extent you can, you will be able to trigger neuroplasticity and you'll be able to attain sleep-like state and rest state. If you take a nap after a few hours of a learning bout or studying for a few hours before sleeping at night, the brain will be a good partner and rehearse for us. However, how much you have focused is the key here. Your level of focus helps the brain determine the rate of importance. Less focus means the brain will know probably it was not important enough for you. Hence, the plasticity won't come into play to its full potential. Rest occurring during learning also has a dramatic impact on the brain, meaning frequent 10-second break throughout a learning bout greatly enhance the speed and depth of learning. I have put a link um, with this episode to a journal that describes the why aspect of the micro resting scientifically. And if you're interested, please uh, click the link to know more. I have done my best to gather all relevant data and information available as of today to simplify neuroplasticity and come up with a list of tips and tricks which you can refer to apply the science of neuroplasticity to enhance the depth and speed of your learning. If you are a learning and development professional or if you design learning for adults, this is a great list to consider. Uh, you can use these uh, tips and tricks to formulate a learning design that enable your, your learners to kind of take these 10 second break or uh, induce alertness and focus. Number one is alertness and focus. How to increase alertness and focus? If you can, then try listening to white noise right before starting a learning session. If you do not have access to white noise, a zero cost alternative will be to look at a visual target and focus on that for 10 to 16 seconds by limiting blinks. If you are a learning designer, uh, you can include a slide with timed white noise embedded and use it as the first slide of an e-learning course or the first thing in a workshop or in a virtual in-person training. Um, if you don't want to do that, you can also introduce a visual challenge for the learners. And I can share one example of uh, such visual challenge, like uh, you can create a challenge where a learner will have to find a missing letter or find an image uh, that is hidden in a set of content. 
After alertness and focus, number two on the list is generate repetitions. Retrieval practice is the best technique to generate repetitions. You can listen to episode two, how to remember what you learn in this podcast series to know more about retrieval practice. Remember to practice by expecting and embracing errors. Errors actually help us retain information in a long run. Number three on the list is random micro rest, which is also an important aspect to introduce neuroplasticity. Here is how it goes. A 10 second break every 30 minutes of learning session. But don't obsess over the 30 minute recommendation. What's more important is that you introduce the 10 second break randomly and multiple times depending on how long your learning session is. Just randomly stop, close your eyes and shut off thinking. Next in number four is the use of random intermittent rewards. You can learn so much about reward schedules and how dopamine in the brain is secreted with rewards. But just think of the casinos and gambling community. What keeps people playing is the random and intermittent rewards. Expected rewards diminishes the capacity for focus. In an adult classroom or in an e-learning course, if one randomly solves a puzzle and get to win a $100 gift card, automatically alertness and focus increase. However, this practice is not sustainable for many reasons. This practice is not a sustainable practice for many reasons. Not everyone has the kind of money that is required to support gift cards uh, for all training sessions or for all learning bouts. Also, if you do it once, then there will be an expectation set on rewards next time the learner will learn something. This is also the psychology behind gamification of learning. Non-monetary rewards also work well, but they have less effect on adults in comparison to monetary rewards. Uh, you can also think of recognition. Sometimes those also work instead of rewards as, you know, as they also grab people's attention and make them engaged in the learning. Next on the list is limiting long learning sessions. It is one of my favorites because I cannot press more on the importance of short learning sessions. No matter what, it is almost impossible for the brain to focus for a long time. If you are having a workshop that is a day long, there are six or seven hours invested, then you can be sure that your learners are not engaged, your learners are not alert and focused after the first hour of the learning session. So if you can, then you must limit your learning sessions at max to 90 minutes. Number six is naps. 10 to 30 minutes of naps after completing your learning session or after few hours of completing your learning session is great. However, if naps interfere with your ability to sleep at night, don't take them. Instead, you can try non-sleep uh, depressed like meditation, uh, depending on how comfortable you are with it. Meditating is not easy, but 
with practice, you can slowly get there. Reverie.com is a zero-cost app that enhances self-hypnosis and the capacity to relax. You can explore that option too. There are so many scripts available now to practice self-hypnosis safely, but only practice what you are comfortable with. For me personally, power naps work the best 15 to 30 minutes of power naps um, in the afternoon or after a couple of, of hours after I learn something. If I'm learning something in the morning, that helps to a great extent. Last on the list is a good night's sleep. Much of neuroplasticity takes place during the night's sleep. There is no alternative to sleeping well at night. All these techniques will definitely enhance your learning ability, especially if you are above 30. I want to end this uh, episode with an additional note on barriers to focus and alertness. Smartphones have completely changed our lives. There is one thing we are all living with is fear of missing out. How many times have you put your phone away but opened it with uh, without even realizing that you are using your phone? I don't know about you, but that is happening to me a lot these days. How many times have you gone through all the new posts or feeds on Instagram, have closed the app, but you don't realize when you have opened the app again and you don't know why you have opened it. It's just how you have built muscle memory and it's just the practice that we have built. What is happening there is that we are constantly living in the fear of missing out. And what that fear has done to us is it has made us distracted. Like we are constantly distracted and this constant distraction is negatively impacting our alertness and focus. What doesn't help also formats like YouTube Shorts and Reels. They have made us kind of addicted to scrolling, especially empty scrolling. We are slowly losing our ability to pay attention beyond 30 seconds to one minute because we are constantly watching reels and YouTube shots. I personally think that the evolution of technology is amazing and it can solve so many human issues, but how we use each technology is on us. Not using a smartphone is not only silly, but also inconvenient. It's also almost impossible. All it needs is a little bit of self-discipline to nurture our, our neuroplasticity by taking care of our alertness and focus. I have compiled and shared all the data points that I have used to do my research and come up with this episode. If you are really interested, they are all available in the description of this podcast. If you want to learn more, you can leverage these links to find out more about neuroplasticity and how active neuroplasticity is something that we must focus on, we should learn more about. I really hope that you got something out of this episode and I had a great time talking to you. Thank you and talk to you in the next episode.